welcome to the Hall of Heroes podcast with your hosts, Jared Bachman-Stubbs and Matthew Sterling. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. Hey guys, you ever seen that really old movie? Empire Strikes Back? Jesus, Tony, how old is this guy? I don't know, I didn't carbon date him, he's on the young side. You ever tried shawarma? There's a shawarma joint about two blocks from here. I don't know what it is, but I want to try it. Lobo. Oh, it's on. <laughs> Let the good times roll. <laughs> Go. And welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of the Hall of Heroes podcast. I am your host, Jared Bachman Stubbs, and I am joined by the one and only Spencer Simpson. Hey, everybody. We got a, a pretty solid lineup of news for you. We've got uh, some good news. We've got some wonderful news. We've got a couple leaks, and we've got an endgame trailer breakdown uh, down the pipe for you uh, later in the episode. But uh, it's it's been a pretty good week here in comic book news. Jared, how's your week been? Um, the week's been good. Uh, like I said yesterday on Dewback, getting ready for, by the time this episode goes up, uh, Kira's party and my birthday will have already passed, but you know, getting ready for all of that stuff and, uh, yeah, just busy and doing Dewback stuff. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. How about you, buddy? Um, I'm doing mostly okay. Um, I handle stress pretty well, but it's been a pretty stressful week so far um, at school. A consummate professional, as always. I, I, uh, I had just got out of an exam about a half hour ago. And I uh, was expecting, but the work that I had to put That's into good. it was, uh, was pretty significant. Um, we have to keep this journal of the, of the readings for the class and it's due on exam days. And so I had, I've spent the last couple of days catching up on the ones that I've been slacking on. Sorry, mom. And, uh, <laughs> I've got to on Friday that I haven't started yet. So it's going to be an interesting couple of days, but recording this episode here is, uh, is a, is a much needed respite from, from the crazy academia that I've been working with. I'm glad, I'm, this glad week. That, I'm glad this acts as a nice little, uh, you know, take a, load a nice little, yeah, a nice little break, you know, put, put my mind at rest for a little while, but, uh, absolutely. Once I get it going, um, probably by the time this episode goes up, if not very soon after, um, we, there's going to be a new t-shirt design going up on an RT public. Um, we currently have the new Raylo trash shirt up there. Uh, that's really cool. I ordered myself one and Alexis one yesterday. Uh, looking forward to getting that bad boy in. I know a couple people have already ordered their Raylo swag. Uh, really exciting. Um, we're going to have a new Avengers Endgame themed shirt. Um, it's going to have like a weathered version of the Avengers symbol. And then beneath the symbol, it will say whatever it takes. And the A and whatever and the A and takes are the same uh, beat up Avengers symbol. Um, you know, getting ready for Endgame. Uh, so get some cool do-back merch and uh, get ready to hand Thanos his purple bony ass. Oh, yeah, dog. But yeah, uh, moving right along from that, uh, Spencer, you wanna you wanna take this? Yeah, yeah sure. Story, because I feel like you're you want you want to be all over this one. 
Um, for those of you who are fans of the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise, last week we uh, we touched upon the, the news that they were going to use uh, James Gunn's script for the third installment of the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, trilogy. And we have even better news for you this <laughs> week in that uh, James Gunn has been officially uh, reinstated as the director of the film. According to the article uh, from The Atlantic, uh, we've got the following. What changed Disney's mind? Per deadline, Horn was impressed with Gunn's public and private comportment. Um, I had to look that one up. It's like your uh, your, your demeanor, your how you, how you handle the situation. Horn was impressed with Gunn's public and private comportment after the firing. The director didn't blame Disney, and he wasn't involved with any additional scandals. The narrative that Gunn's firing has been engineered by the right-wing Twitter personalities who were angry about the director's criticism of President Donald Trump also gained prominence. Plus, Gunn continued to get work. He was hired by Warner Brothers last October to write the new Suicide Squad film for the rival DC comic movie universe, a project that he'll complete before returning to Marvel for Guardians 3. Gunn's quiet and straightforward handling of the entire situation combined with the Hollywood establishment's continued support for him, notably the cast of uh, Guardians of the Galaxies 1 and 2, uh, especially uh, Dave Bautista, turned the tide in his favor. Super exciting, because while I do have my reservations about Guardians 2, Guardians 1 was phenomenal, and I love uh, how Gunn introduced these characters into the Marvel Universe for us. And it is really awesome to see that Disney has changed his mind. According to this article, though, um, let's see, who was it? One of the Disney higher-ups, Gunn, and accepted his... Okay, here we go. I found it. Line, the Disney Studios chairman, Alan Horn, received the, or decided to rehire Gunn, quote, months ago, having met with the filmmaker and accepted his apology. So, um, and as Jared, uh, as you had texted me earlier this week when the, when the story dropped, you said something to the effect of, this is huge. Disney <laughs> never backs down from no. something like this. They don't. This is like, I was... Normally, at this point, like I've kind of gotten to the point where comic book movie news doesn't shock me that often. Um, <laughs> I think the the last time I was like, "Holy shit!" was whenever like the Disney Fox merger became a thing, hey, um, which we're going to talk about later. Um, but I was never like after that. It's like, okay, of course this is going to get a movie. Oh, cool! This person's coming on. Like there hasn't been anything yeah. that really like, oh wow, but this I've never seen Disney go, yeah, we were wrong. Mm. Um, I also and even what were you saying? I don't want to cut you off, buddy. Sorry. No, <laughs> you're you're good. Um, I was just gonna say, uh, in regards to the article, um, and uh, the circumstances surrounding the the tw the Twitter feed. Uh, that was a long time ago. I mean, he got, he got his Twitter in 2008 and, uh, according again to, uh, the Atlantic we've got here, uh, 
he also had long worked with the transgressive world of Troma Entertainment, a genre movie company that specializes in churning out cheap, self-aware trash. And as a result, Gunn's Twitter feed was littered with tasteless, offensive material, all of it years old. So again, back to back to the the decision of Disney. It was it was just a really self preservatory move on their part to to fire yeah. gun when in reality the the stuff that he had said on his twitter years ago in a sense just meant to to get people to react in some way as as just a, a cheap way of of getting that reaction and uh and disney as as uh, an act of self-preservation and uh, we don't want to be associated with that kind of thing just fired him off the uh, right right off the bat and to see that they have come to realize that that he's really apologetic about this and that uh, it's all in the past and exactly excited here at uh, Hall of Heroes to receive this epic news uh, headline and that's the thing i think really can't go without saying is that um out of all the people who have gotten in trouble for old tweets James Gunn is probably the one who handled it the best Oh, absolutely able to go yeah that was a dark time for me and i said some really dumb stuff and you know if i could hop if i could hop in the wayback machine or if i could hop into tardis and undo that i would um and the fact that like it also wasn't they, they were also bad jokes like it wasn't like him taking an actual stance on anything. They were bad. They were like bad in terms of quality and in content, bad jokes. But nonetheless, he uh, he 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 manned up and he handled it the way he did. Um, right after the rehiring, uh, Gunn put this on Twitter. He said, "I am tremendously grateful to every person out there who has supported me over the past few months." I am always learning and will continue to work at being the best human being I can be. I deeply appreciate Disney's decision, and I am dis- I am excited to continue making films that investigate the ties of love that bind us all. I have been a- I have been and continue to be incredibly humbled by your love and support from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Love to you all. Um. So yeah, it, it it's really cool. Um. I guess you know Drax just saved the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise single handedly. Um, who thought that happened? Yeah, who who the thunk it? Um, but yeah, and like beyond, uh, and I think I said this last week. You know, beyond just the Guardians movies, J- the Russos had Gun write a lot of the Guardians stuff for Infinity War. Like they they were aware of the fact that like James Gunn knows the Guardians. He knows how to write these characters. And while you and I both. Are were very underwhelmed by Guardians of the Galaxy two, and the way the humor was handled, the characterization is the strongest part of that whole movie. Um, so I'm I'm incredibly excited to see that he's coming back, and very unexpectedly so. But this, it's really cool, and it's awesome to see him uh, getting to take a stab at wrapping up this trilogy, and hopefully he gets to be further involved in the MCU moving forward. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really. Also brings up the question of when in the hell is Guardians two? Yeah, yeah. As, as, as the uh, <laughs> as the article mentioned uh, that that we uh, have been using, he's not coming back to do Guardians three until he's done with Suicide Squad. So, 
it, who knows when we're going to be seeing this movie even start even start production let alone be on the screen but like guesstimating you know let's say suicide squad comes out 2020 like let's say it comes out next year maybe we're not seeing guardians 2 until like late 2021 2022 yeah probably either a december release of 21 or like an april release of 22 that's my guess yeah and you know it it's unfortunate because i remember kevin feige said that like guardians 3 was supposed to be like the first big step into phase four yeah but but that's going to be put on hold now yeah like they have to go in a different direction with it and unless they're going to put the mcu on hold until they can get guardians (laughs) yeah that's that's not going to happen they need to stay ahead of dc yeah They, they they can't afford to let them even come close to to having the edge and those of you out there who are having a rough week, having a rough year, hang in there, man. Yeah. Guardians <laughs> three is coming and, and yeah, Gunn is it'll at be the here eventually. It's almost here. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> Time is but a construct. Um, uh, yes, it'll be here sooner than you know it. Jared, uh, you want to take the black widow article? Yeah, sure. So, uh, collider reports, that Florence Pugh is going to join uh, the Black Widow movie that is currently in uh, pre-production. So Jeff the Insnider Snyder reports, Hot off strong reviews for her turn as WWE wrestler Paige in Fighting With My Family, Florence Pugh is in talks to join Scarlett Johansson in Marvel's standalone Black Widow movie, according to both Variety and The Hollywood Reporter. Kate Shortland is set to direct from a script by Jack Schaefer and Ned Benson. And as always, Kevin Feige will produce the superhero movie for Marvel. Pugh was one of a handful of actresses who were tipped for the role in recent weeks. And while character details are being kept under wraps, I'm told it will be a physically demanding. It will be physically demanding, indicating that there will be several fight scenes. Pugh should be able to handle those after learning a few moves from Dwayne Johnson and fighting with my family. Feige has clarified in recent interviews that the Black Widow movie will not be rated R, and it remains unclear whether or not the film will examine Natasha Romanoff's origins, the character made her MCU debut in 2010's Iron Man 2, or whether it will take place after the events of Avengers Endgame. Marvel, for its part, has yet to comment on the news. Pugh has been on the rise ever since her breakout performance as the title character in Lady Macbeth, which led to her booking the role in Greta Gerwig's upcoming adaptation of Little Woman. She currently starred opposite Chris Pine in David McKenzie's Netflix epic Outlaw King and alongside Alexander Skarsgård and Michael Shannon in AMC's limited series The Little Drummer Girl. And she next stars opposite Jack Rayner in Ari Aster's horror movie Midsommar, uh, in which the director's creepy-looking follow-up to Hereditary. Um, which And that was her- creepy enough as it was. So, uh, you, you, you want to go, go see Midsummer? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm no, I'm no chicken. I watched Hereditary because you said either you do it or you're a puss. And so I watched that movie and, uh, I did better than the rest of the boys yeah, from after, back home. After Joel and Levi were like, nope, not watching it ever again. Yeah. They, they, yeah, I was, I was just like, yeah, that was really bizarre. <laughs> So yeah, I'm down to see the, I'm down to see the sequel. 
but she has earned this opportunity, and I look forward to learning more about her mysterious new character and where she fits into the MCU as a whole. Puga is represented by WME and Curtis Brown Group. So, yeah, um, very physical actress, and, you know, like the rest of her body of work suggests, she can bring it as a physical performer as well as just a classical thespian. Um, so, yeah, that's really exciting stuff. I'm really looking forward to how uh, this Black Widow movie shakes out. Uh, like that report said, I'm really, ho- I, I kind of hope it's a prequel. Like, I kind of want to see, like, Natasha's origins. Like, I want to see, like, her early days. Um, yeah, and, espe- and especially if this movie uh, takes place before she's involved with the Avengers at all, that does not rule out the possibility that she might die in Endgame. Now, I don't, yeah. I don't have any any solid information to back that up, but it's a possibility. Now, if this movie is set afterward, then of course she's going to survive the events of Endgame. Yeah. But we haven't seen a significant member of the MCU die in a movie in a while, at least not convincingly. So, um, <laughs> not convincingly. Not like there was there was Rhodey in in Civil War, and and Loki is now apparently dead. But of course, there's all the all kinds of rumors well he died once he died twice why should we believe it now so but but thanos explicitly said no resurrections this time <laughs> yeah, but loki also said the sun will shine on us again brother yeah you're absolutely Who you believe right. more yeah Who, thanos or loki um, yeah <laughs> too well uh thanos isn't much of a liar he's been pretty straightforward he's pretty straightforward he's a straight shooter that thanos um but yeah, this is really exciting news. I'm looking forward to everything uh, to come out of the Black Widow movie. Um, on to the next story. Uh, Spencer, you want to take the lead on this one? All yours, brother. All yours. Oh, oh I thank you. Uh, <laughs> so as of last night, uh, the, uh, the beginning of a brand new era for the MCU is upon us. Uh, as it concerns us here on Hall of Heroes, because the Disney Fox Studio merger has officially wrapped up. Um, the Disney now owns IPs like Family Guy and The Simpsons and The Alien and the Predator movies. Uh, but the ones we are concerned about here are the rights to all of the characters in and uh surrounding the fantastic four and the x-men um the uh mcu will officially be able to start using the the first family of comics and the x-men in their films this this is huge this is the this is that like one piece of the puzzle that was missing for the mcu and was like you know like this to me was always the way that uh the marvel movies were like kind of always able to prove their superiority over the dc stuff like aside from just the quality of the films they had the bragging rights of going we only have access to a fraction of our universe and we are still blowing you out of the water and you have everything like you can use whatever you want and we're still winning with a fraction of it now marvel has nearly zero Reigns to hold them back. Um, the only things that are content, content forward to <laughs> lots of it. Um, 
you know, the big, the biggest thing I want to, I, I think that you can take away from this is that, you know, aside from the fact that they still have the weird dispute with, uh, or not dispute, but the weird rights with Hulk and universal and the fact that they're technically only sharing Spider-Man with Sony, they have nothing left to stop them. And I think that since Kevin Feige was talking about before with Guardians 3 being like, okay, we're going to use the cosmic stuff as like a gateway to the broader MCU, as well as with the Eternals coming down the pipeline, I think that they could really use the Fantastic Four to get the ball rolling while we wait for Guardians 3. Yeah, yeah, that'll that'll really help to fill the gap. And again, with the four, they have almost all of the really big villains that you can use after Thanos. Uh, And I know I've said this a billion times, but if you want to have another overarching villain and like Kevin Feige has started referring to like the first 10 years of the MCU as the infinity saga this past week. So if you want to start your next like saga of films, you like, like, like now that you have access to Galactus and doom and, uh, Annihilus, all of these different villains, Kang the Conqueror. Now you start. Now you can start getting ready to create your next Thanos. Um, aside from that, uh, that also means new X Men movies. Obviously, uh, you know, how, whenever they decide they're going to start doing that is up to them. I don't know if they're going to kind of like wait for the the body to be cold after Dark Phoenix. Um, or if they're just going to go, okay, now that that turd is out of the theaters, time to make a good X-Men movie. <laughs> uh, or however they handle it. But this is big. This is, this, is, this is something that I don't think anybody was expecting to happen. At least me. Like, if you asked me like five years ago, I'd be like, oh yeah, Disney's going to have to throw like an absurd amount of money just to get these two franchises back. And it's still an absurd amount of money with more than yeah, just we're, franchise. We're, we're talking what seventy billion dollars here? Uh something like that. Hold on. Let me skim through here to try to find it. Yeah, while the two companies uh being Fox and Disney worked out the kinks of this merger, thirty inflating the initial $52.4 billion to $71.3 billion after a rival bid from Comcast. Uh, some projects seem to be in limbo, like New Mutants and Deadpool films, blah, blah, blah. $71.3 billion. There's a lot of IPs there, though. That makes sense. Um, of course, However, news- that is a huge chunk of change. Of course, this news isn't uh, all good uh, with the merger. That did come with 4,000 layoffs, um, which is very unfortunate. Um, I will say this much, though. There are a lot of people who are like blaming Disney for that. Fox was selling, and that, that was going to happen by virtue of Fox selling. It's just that's that's what happens when it changes hands. You have some redundancies yeah. in your in your administrative positions and stuff like that. Uh, it is it is really unfortunate that we that we have uh, four thousand uh, good workers in in the entertainment industry that are getting laid off. But but like Jared said, this is just a product of a merger. Yeah, there's a lot of people trying to pin that on Disney. I will also say this much: 
a lot of those people are also probably either falling immediately into a new gig or also had other gigs going on at the same time. So they're losing that Fox specific paycheck. But um, I think all in all, everyone's going to land on their feet from this. But yeah, uh, Ryan Reynolds uh, put out this really funny tweet. It's at the bottom of the article. I know you're not on Twitter, Spencer, so you probably haven't seen this until now. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I am. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, but it, uh, Ryan Reynolds put this cool little uh, this funny little picture on uh, Twitter. It was Deadpool in a school bus wearing a Mickey Mouse hat. Uh, the school bus says Disney on the side and the caption on uh, Mr. Reynolds tweet says it feels like the first day of pool. Um, so, yeah, in classic Ryan Reynolds fashion, he's very much looking forward. Uh, there's also another link I put in the show notes that specifies that the only franchise that Disney is not going to alter is Deadpool, which I think is smart. Uh, I think, well, let me rephrase that. I don't think that they're going to just bring Deadpool 1 and Deadpool 2 over as like completely canon to the MCU, because that comes with the baggage of Colossus and Megasonic Teenage Warhead and all of that. However, I think they're just going to keep Ryan Reynolds. And because it's Deadpool, they're able to just say, you know, yeah, that was a different Deadpool. And this Deadpool knows about that Deadpool. And it's Deadpool. Now Deadpool's in the MCU. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> the, you know, the, the complications with the changing hands and writing seem to be rather smoothed over when your character knows about <laughs> everything. <laughs> It's pretty easy to work around continuity. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's continuity becomes irrelevant at that point. Whenever you can basically just uh, write it write in a little aside for Deadpool to explain the whole thing. This is I'm actually really excited for that. That's going to be hysterical. This is the one movie where he can go. Okay, so you remember those other two movies that I was in? Okay, those ones don't count anymore. These are new. Same actor, (laughs) different franchise. Let's go. Like you, you, you could literally just put that at the very beginning. Like you could just have him talk over the Marvel logo, <laughs> or interrupt it, or just interrupt like, it. Or in the middle. Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know <laughs> that all that stuff that you saw before, yeah, that's that's we 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 don't talk about that anymore. But hey, here you are, another movie. Okay, cue the music. I'm an Avenger now. Bum 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 bum. <laughs> <laughs> that's how i want it to happen but yeah i really hope i really hope that the that the the espionage department of disney is listening to this podcast <laughs> so that uh so that they can take our suggestion into consideration yes, steal our idea ideas please do um but yeah the that's that's huge and i can't get over the fact that like we we live to see this like i didn't i did it's not here now we we've yeah. known that it's been that it's been coming for for a couple months now but it's here you know yeah, the, exactly. the 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 board is set and the pieces are about to start moving it's wonderful but moving right along here to our next story uh we got the headline the flash ezra miller is rewriting a darker script to try and keep the role uh now Ezra Miller has been on board opinions on this. Read it. But I have (laughs) so many opinions about this. Miller has been uh, signed on to be in the DC adaptation of the flash since 2014. Um, And after the uh, relative disappointment of 
Superman, but the uh, uplifting story of Justice League. It seems that Ezra is is really clinging to this role to the point of uh, keeping his finger in the pie by rewriting the script. Um, and Collider, that's right. Per THR, Miller has teamed up with the acclaimed comic author Grant Morrison to write a new draft of the Flash screenplay that should show his take would be oh, excuse me, the Flash screenplay to show what his take would be like. And Warner Brothers agreed to the move by hiring the duo to pen the script. However, THR notes that there would be a lot writing on this screenplay. Miller's holding a deal to play the Flash expires in May. And if he and Morrison pour their hearts into the script only for Warner Brothers, Dally, and Goldstein to still disagree on the direction, it's possible Miller could be out as a character. It's very possible that their names are pronounced Daly and Goldstein, but let's not dwell too much on the fact that I could have possibly pronounced their names. But anyway... (laughs) After the performances that we've seen from Jason Momoa um, and Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman have been sidelined, uh, Ben Affleck has stepped down from the role of Batman, and Will Smith uh, has likewise stepped down from the Suicide Squad franchise to be replaced by Idris Elba uh, under the direction of James Gunn. But what we're seeing here is kind of interesting. It looks like Ezra Miller has become very attached to the character of the flash to the point where in order to keep his role in the upcoming film, he is willing to, to co-write the script. This movie now, has been in development hell for years. <laughs> like since Batman V Superman, there were shakeups with this. The movie has gone through several directors, several writers, several scripts. And I, I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have so many opinions on how this is shaking out. <laughs> I'm not. Oh, I'm sorry. Keep going. <laughs> anyway, or really, um, connecting to that, Ezra Miller's idea for the Flash script is going to be with a much darker tone. At least his vision is for the for the Flash to have a much darker tone um than what we had seen from him and everybody uh, really praised his performance in the justice league some people thought that his performance completely stole the show with uh, the movies that that just really uh pulled audiences into the theater um like aquaman and movies that are coming up like shazam that have just this really family-centric um positive approach a really a really colorful attitude uh miller is attempting to, or at least with what his vision for the Flash is, is a much darker one, um, possibly dealing with the the grayer areas of his character. And I personally think that when DC, when the DCEU has tried to bring out the darker side of some of these characters, it has fallen flat on its face. Jared loves the heck out of Batman versus Superman, despite some of his negative opinions about it. But I really just didn't care for the film at all. Possible that with, with Miller at the helm for this script, that we could see a nice little marriage between a darker side of the hero, but also maintaining a, a believable 
storyline, it's possible that that he could really make this work out. However, I'm not totally optimistic about this approach because of, like I said, the the writing from Batman versus Superman that I really didn't like at all. Jared, let us hear your opinion that you have been brooding over for the last two minutes. What you okay. got? I don't want to discount Ezra Miller's attempt at writing a screenplay in and of itself, because he could. However, there's a couple things that really concern me about this. One is we've, like you said, the DC movies tried to be this overly dark, overly gritty interpretation of these characters and it didn't work it was not people were not responding to it not everybody is supposed to be batman not everybody should be batman and if there is one character that you are going to say hey let's do them but a little bit darker it's not the fucking flash you're at not, least it's not Shazam. That would be a disaster. <laughs> Even, but you can make that work. Like you can do, like maybe Billy's an adult now, and he's kind of done with the whole Shazam thing. Kind of like Luke in the Last Jedi, where you kind of have to like bring the hope back out in him. You can make dark Shazam work. The Flash is supposed to be goofy and silly and funny, and this saying like, "Ooh, I want to do like the I wanted like Nolan Fi Barry Allen." Are you out of your damn mind? <laughs> That's a disaster. Wonder Woman. People loved it because it was happy. Aquaman. I had my reservations about it. It's grown on me. But the best part about it was that it was fun. Shazam. Everybody keeps saying this is one of the best movie in the DCEU because it's fun. The Flash, the character who should be the most fun in the universe. Let's make him dark and gritty. <laughs> no thanks. Now take no that. No thanks. And again, just like the like not being able to read what the character is supposed to be. Grant Morrison is responsible for some some of the best, but some of the trippiest stories in all of comics. That man, his bread and butter is brain fucking you on page two. And just just no, laughing to himself as you as you try to riddle out the rest of it. Just laughing to himself. He's written comic books about multiverses inside of comic books. <laughs> like, like that's his that's his stock and trade is like doing like really really convoluted, complicated stories that like you need to you, like you just need to be left alone for a week after reading. That's what Grant Morrison does. That is his stock and trade. So when you tell me we're going to do a dark flash story with the super trippy writer, that terrifies me. That sounds awful. But like, and yes, there are darker flash stories, but if your darker flash story is your first flash story, that's oh, not man. the character. It doesn't feel right. It's the same problem Batman v Superman had. And you're right. I love it, but it's awful. And just like other DC movies, there's parts about it that I like just enough to forgive the garbage. Zack Snyder does not understand Batman and does not understand Superman. 
the same Batman that is a founding member of the Justice League cannot be Batman at the stage in his life of which he is doing Dark Knight Returns stuff. Oh, no. Like, Dark Knight Returns only works when Bruce Wayne is at his absolute lowest. You can't start with that. Exactly. And it it gives you whiplash. Like, and, and that is Batman's arc, is, like, him being new and, like, a little bit over the top, and then him growing and, like, having this weird relationship where, like, he finds his faith in humanity, but is still incredibly skeptic about if human if human nature is to be good. Right. And then you follow that, follow that, follow that, follow that. And then when he is forced to give up the cape and cowl, can't let it go, and then comes back completely losing his faith in humanity and recognizing that he is the only person who can fix the world, which he's wrong about. And it's 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 the the moral of the Dark Knight Returns is that you're not supposed to buy in to the I alone can fix it mentality. Because you see how Superman falls and you see how Batman falls to it. You cannot let the first chapter of the Flash's solo story be dark and gritty. It doesn't make any sense. Unless they want to start with Flashpoint Paradox, which even then is a cop-out to reboot the universe. And the DCEU isn't fresh enough yet, even at this point, I think, to need that kind of a, that kind of a reset, you know? I mean, in theory, to like make up for Affleck being out and Cavill possibly being out. Maybe. Like, maybe that makes sense, and maybe you do have to do that. But it upsets me. The idea that you have to do Flashpoint this early is upsetting. To have to do Flashpoint this early to fix the timeline is upsetting. And the fact that, like, the first venture with Flash uh, by by himself is gonna have to be dark and depressing and sapped of color in all humanity is incredibly disappointing. And if it's not, and if it's not flashpoint paradox and it's not a story that like necessitates a darker tone from the flash and it's just flash, but Batman, it's going <laughs> to be terrible. Like I don't, I don't understand how you make that work. And like this, they again, they can salvage it if they do, if they do Flashpoint. I don't, I'm not thrilled with that. With the fact that that's how they have to do it, but whatever. But if it's not Flashpoint and they're doing this dark tone, this movie is dead in the water. Especially with how successful the more lighter tone stuff is, but. You know, I'm not rooting against it. Like I want it to succeed, and that's always been my thing. Is like, I will make a point that I am not confident in a movie, but I want to be proven wrong, and I want this to prove me wrong. But wow, <laughs> it's it's not a great concept at all. So, yeah, uh, 
On to a lighter story. Yeah. <laughs> on to one that, that we can get behind. Yeah, there have been this some... This is all recent... you. This is all you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. There have been recently... Uh, actually, the, the article was just posted this morning uh, of some uh, Spider-Man Far From Home Lego set leaks. And what we're seeing here now, I, I'm a huge Lego fan. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be talking about this in the sense that it's got you know content from the movie, but also these are some really cool looking Lego sets. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm I'm having a fanboy moment here just in that regard. We've got some character leaks, some set leaks, uh, some concept leaks. Uh, that are going on. Uh, we uh, there are three sets uh, that are in this article that have been leaked out. Uh, the first one is called Molten Man Battle, and it's a giant lava creature that's kind of um, being controlled. Uh, and so, anything to say about that? Some background? Anything you might know about the Molten Man? So yeah, the. The in, the most interesting thing about these Lego sets that I am that really really piqued my interest is there were two competing rumors or two sets of competing rumors about what would be going on with the villains in Far From Home, and a lot of people were. It started with it's going to be Hydro Man and Molten Man, and like trying to like square those two. And then it became, no, it's actually the Elementals, and the Elementals are like projections by Mysterio, and Mysterio's kind of doing like the whole Syndrome thing from The Incredibles, and trying to like big himself up as being a hero when he has uh, more sinister intentions. What I get from these Lego leaks is that there is a... uh, a combination of those two and that like they may be like using the titles of Hydra man and uh molten man when in reality they are just fake elementals or they may actually be the elementals and they're using the names but i think they're combining the characters and that's what really excites me if you want to break down the rest of the sets because i kind of spoiled the Hydra man one yeah. Um, so the second set is called the Hydro Man Attack, and it looks like. Um, are we in Venice for this movie? Is that right? I think so. Yeah. All right. Well, what we've got in here is we've got MJ in a gondola and a very Venetian-looking architectural style with Aquaman kind of popping up out of the water, and he's got this gigantic apparatus from the waist down. That's I guess kind of it, it represents like him being partially made up of of kind of like a swirling water sort of a look to it. And uh, he's popping up out of the water in what I presume is Venice. And Mysterio is up on a bridge. There's spider webs all over the place. Um, and the character is called Peter Parker. And it is... The character look is is like a Peter Parker in his regular outfit, but he's got uh, his collar um, popped and his shirt is unbuttoned three or four buttons. And you can see the Spider-Man outfit underneath his his civilian clothes, I guess we could call them. 
mask on his head that covers his full face. It's kind of like a hat that he wears that, that kind of looks like if he pulled the mask up, um, and just kind of had it up there on his forehead. Uh, but anyway, so it looks like, uh, from this set, we're going to have a showdown in, in Venice or wherever they are far from home on their school trip, uh, showdown between, uh, Spider-Man and Aqua or, uh, excuse me, Hydro-Man, not Aquaman between Spider-Man and Hydro-Man. <laughs> I, I was laughing at you. <laughs> did I? Did I, you did. I, I, was trying to, I was trying to close my door real quick and I heard you go, did you say Aquaman. anything? Oh, I'm so embarrassed. But, <laughs> but anyway, like Jared said, in this in the in this particular set from from the box, it does not reveal whether uh, Mysterio is in cahoots with the Hydro Man because it just kind of shows Peter Parker uh, battling it out with Hydro Man, and Mysterio is just kind of you know up on the bridge, kind of doing his little he 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 he. It's working, you know, sort sort of a thing. But it doesn't necessarily show whether they're going to be working together, whether um, whether the elementals are sort of a, a a brainchild of Mysterio's that he's just kind of setting loose on Spider-Man, or uh, it's it's not really clear what's going on there. Now, in this third set, it's called Stark Jet and the Drone Attack, and in this set. This is kind of huge. Uh, it doesn't really make any sense, but, but we've got this really cool kind of F-18 fighter jet looking thing. It's all white with some black highlights, uh, kind of a, a semi-space age looking jet. It looks like Stark Tech. And it's, it's, if you picture a typical uh, Quinn jet that looks a little bit more you know, uh, mainstream military, that's basically what we're looking at here. And based on this set, we've got Happy Hogan piloting the jet. We've got Spider-Man kind of swinging on a rope around the jet as it's flying. Nicholas Fury <laughs> is walking on the wing of this jet, which is really the part that confuses me. Because flying at insanely low altitude at insanely low speed, there's no way that he's out and about on this thing. So I'm I'm see how that ties into the movie if that's just kind of a way of putting him in the scene when the jet is flying and whatever. But yeah, he may be in the scene just inside of the jet. Yeah, but yeah. They were like, oh, hey, by the way, here's Nick Fury. Based on my uh, extensive knowledge of Lego sets and how they arrange things, this is it looks very obviously to me like it's only designed for one person to be inside the craft like it might have a cargo bay or something inside of it as well but it looks like you're only supposed to be able to fit one person inside so like you said it could just be a way of including him in the set um with this um scene that it sets and also who's flying around as well with his dome head but there are also two little drones flying around shooting back at at the the stark jet the three things we can look forward to in this movie based on these leaks are an epic showdown with Molten Man. Um, and also, oh my gosh, I completely forgot about that. With Molten Man, Spider-Man has a sort of a, a black, stealthy, noir type suit. That's it's not what I was going to say. It's, I, the thing that I really like about the, the – or not necessarily like about it, but like what you can gain from these sets – 
is you can start figuring out what scenes are where. Yeah, yeah, and and building some of the 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 character concept. Like I was not expecting whether I missed that in the trailers or or whether um, I missed it on the internet somewhere. I was not expecting to see a um, Spider-Man suit involved in this movie, and that that begs the question of okay, so where does he get it? Presumably from Tony Stark, but but what sort of a situation would require him having a black suit? Is it uh, is he is he taking taking people down in the night stealth mode style. Um, Jared, do you have any predictions or, or uh, thoughts yeah, about that? That suit actually is in the trailer. Um, it's that's the suit he's wearing when he does the thing where he like flips the lenses down over his eyes. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I remember now. And I'm thinking that's like something given to him by fury. Actually. I think that's like the closest we're going to get to like a shield uniform for Peter. Oh, um, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. You may be right on that one. And like I said, like there's like because there's that shot in the trailer where he's just kind of looking dead ahead and like flips the goggles on over his head. And I think that this might be the scene where he's like charging into battle or he may have already like done like a mission in the stealth that required the stealth suit. And then he's like doubling back now to like go take on Molten Man. Um, and none of these sets there. There are no minifigures for Tony Stark. Um, so. It is it is entirely possible that hit the the black suit is that he's wearing in this movie is not Stark Tech. It could be still. I mean, Tony yeah. has been known to to leave little presents for Peter all over the place for whenever he feels he needs them or whatever. But uh, it does not from these sets. It doesn't look like or everything could be, be right. And it's Stark Tech given to Shield. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but it doesn't look like. Tony will be directly involved in any of the action sequences like he was with the Staten Island ferry in homecoming based on these sets. It doesn't look like uh, he's going to be involved directly, but since we do have the Stark tech and happy Hogan is in it as well, it's possible that we'll, um, uh, a moderate amount of, of, uh, of screen time from, from Stark. The random looking firefighter. Yeah, I was on trying all to of see. The, if it, uh, I, I can't read his name on the box. Like it gets way too blurry. Like I, I can't tell if it just says. I think it just says firefighter. I wasn't sure. Um, I also like the second set with Hydra Man in it because it, it like this is the scene we see in the trailer when Mysterio right. shows up. Like that. Like if you look at Peter in the trailer, that's like he has the mask on and his like costumes like peeking out. So. Yeah, this is very interesting stuff. And, you know, the Lego leaks are always, they're always dead on the money. Like, this is why we knew Giant Man was coming in Civil War. Because there was, like, a Lego set called Giant Man in the airport. Thank you, Lego. That was I like, knew I liked you. <laughs> <laughs> like, the set was literally him holding on to Rhodey's legs. And then, like, you know, go see the movie. Here's the Lego. Um so I bet that we will see tableaus in the movie that are very similar to the little box art on these. That's Lego usually sets. how it shakes out. The, the, the sets are usually either um, inspired by direct sequences from the movie or are taken. So I think what we see, if you look up these, uh, these set or these uh, Lego set leaks, I think, um, what you'll find is a really, like you said, a really accurate 
prediction of what we can expect to see visually in the movie. Yeah. Um, so moving on from that, like I said, like that's, you know, like, like that's basically like, those are three action scenes right there that we know about for far from home. Um, now moving right along, our discussion topic is also going to double as a little bit of a news story this time around. Uh, we have our first full length trailer for this little indie movie called Avengers Endgame. What is that? Yeah, what's I that, know, what's right? That, what's uh, that movie? Ta- what is it? One before that? <laughs> that was my impersonation of the ignorant moviegoer. <laughs> now, the cool thing that I really want to latch on to here for a second is... Uh, the amount of theories that are given credence are disproven or created by this trailer. First things first, we see the Benatar, which is the ship that the Guardians fly. Um, the Milano got destroyed in the first one. I've mistakenly been referring to everything as the Milano. That is apparently the Benatar. Um, I stand corrected. But... We see uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye and or Ronan chilling in the Benatar. Because uh, if you look behind them, there's just like two like narrow side by side ladders that are like really prominent in the scene when Thor is on the Milan or on the Benatar. So since Tony and Nebula are currently trapped on the Benatar, it looks like some of the theories about Pepper being the one to save him or um, Captain Marvel being the one to scoop up Tony and Nebula uh, and getting them back to Earth are kind of null and void because they get there in that ship. Now, maybe Pepper shows up and helps get them there. Um, either way, there were those leaked set. They're not leaked set pictures, but that leaked picture of Pepper or uh, Gwyneth Paltrow in the rescue armor. So uh, seeing Pepper Don rescue is almost guaranteed to happen. It's just at what point and in what capacity. But by the look of it, the Benatar makes it back to Earth. We also see that there's probably going to be a time jump going on in this trailer. And you can see that when you look at Black Widow's hair. Because there's like three different Black Widow hairstyles. Is because she has the blonde from the end of Infinity War. She has her hair let down and it's mostly red with like the blonde being at the very end. And then we see her with all red. So I think we're going to get a time jump and I think the Avengers are going to try to throw down with Thanos, fail, and then regroup. Uh, I think the regrouping is going to involve Ant-Man and we get to see the quantum suits that have been leaked out before were in the, the, the really spiffy white and red armor. Um, I think that's where that ties in. Uh, cause I didn't notice this before, but that those look identical to the suit Hank Pym wears when he goes into the quantum realm and, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. 
So I think the regrouping period is going to involve them going through the quantum realm. And uh, this time, like we saw in the Super Bowl ad, uh, we saw them like doing that really triumphant march through the Avengers HQ. Now we get like a different angle of that. And before, with that wide shot version of it, we there was like a huge space in the middle of the march missing. And it was like people trying to figure out who was in the lineup. Now we can see clearly that it is Tony and Nebula walking through. Um, we see during the whole, while they're talking about, you know, some have lost this, some have lost that. Uh, we see a flashback to Hawkeye uh, training his daughter how to use a bow and arrow. Uh, which I think strongly implies that the Barton family is going to get dusted. Which logically sends him on the warpath and turns him into Ronin and everything. Uh, there was something else. Uh, oh, you're thinking and, and, and uh, trying to come up with that last bit. I think it's interesting, and I'm, I might correct you on one tiny little detail on that last one, because something that actually... Um, Josh texted me when this when this trailer dropped and he said, "Hey, did you notice this?" And I didn't at the time, but in the first minute of the of the trailer when it's doing all the flashbacks from from Iron Man 1 and and Captain America uh 1 and 3 and um if the flashbacks from the previous movies, they're all in black and white. The only color that is there at all in any yeah, of the, the flashbacks is red, which I think um, hints toward the end of the trailer. Whenever we see, especially the the one shot of of uh, Falcon, Infinity War, um, uh, kind of being his Falcon suit with only the red showing was the thing that made me say, "Hey, wait, that looks like the quantum suits from the end of the of the." But the scene with Hawkeye teaching his daughter how to use a bow and arrow is in full color. So while that may not be a flashback, I don't think you're wrong um, that it's possible that his, his whole family will get dusted and that's what puts him back on the war path. But I think that's something that we're going to see in the first act of this movie. If it happens at all, um, it could just be another angle with it while, while he's back at home with his family and, and saying stuff like, uh, we already lost some people. Presumably he lost half of his family, whether it was his wife. I personally think it was his wife since we don't see anything of her. And I think that what we're seeing in the, the archery scene with him and his daughter is kind of the, the best shot that we get at trying to carry on as a single dad as best he can. And that him realizing, hey, it could also be one of his kids. It could just be that it's him and his daughter are the only two that are left. But it could be that while he's there with his family and brooding over this loss, he realizes, hey, something's got to be done. Possibly um, like Nat reaches out to him or somebody says, hey, I know that as a guy in a suit with a bow and arrow standing next to a bunch of you know god human people that this team still really needs you and it's not an accident that you weren't taken 
happened. You know, that's fate saying, yeah, we need the whole team and you're not an exception. And like you were saying about haircuts, haircuts are the biggest reveal of, of time passage in this movie. And in the scene with the archery, he's got his usual haircut, but then later on when he's in combat mode, he's got the, 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 you know, (laughs) buzzed sides, long hair on top. Look, yeah, exactly. So, that at this point who's left obviously the villain it, the 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 antagonist in this movie is for sure thanos and the snap you know not just thanos himself but what he's done and trying to undo that and so with that threat being out of the way thanos is living on a farm at this point he's hung up his armor literally yeah on a farm in the middle of nowhere so i think that the likelihood of the family that Clint has left being killed uh, in this movie and that propelling him into the conflict is maybe not as likely since to, to target him unless it's just, you know, Oh my gosh, half of the world is gone. Anarchy. Let's do whatever we want. Let's steal, let's hunt, rape, pillage and burn. And then, you know, by accident, this happens from, from a, from a low level criminal. Um, I don't think that, the death of his whole family is going to be the thing that propels him back into this war. Well, you and I can place bets on that when we get closer to the movie, because I think it's his whole family that goes. Um, uh, they also uh, show, and I'm just flipping through a trailer breakdown on IGN right now to kind of uh, refresh myself here. Um, something that this IGN breakdown points out is that there is a uh, is whenever Ant Man shows up at the Avengers HQ in the other trailer. I don't know if they show it in this trailer or not, um, but whenever he is in the last trailer, he uh, he has the van, which has the Quantum Realm machine in the back from Ant Man and the Wasp. So, like that's uh, that, you know again, I, I think the Quantum Realm stuff is kind of. A given at this point but like that just kind of shows like how they're going to get there um we see an extended version of that one scene in the last trailer where we see cap like aggressively tighten the shield uh where we actually get to see him look up and he's like covered in dust and he's like wincing um and judging by the environment it looks like uh that same shot with nebula like arming herself and charging thanos is also from the same scene or from the same sequence at the very least on the same planet um there's also and uh here were you about to say something bud oh no 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 keep going okay um the empire magazine um how you were talking about how thanos hung up his armor um there are two alternate covers that came out for empire this month one has just like you know the avengers on it as a group and then the other one is Thanos in full armor with a fully repaired Infinity Gauntlet. Really? Like it's no longer scorched anymore. Uh, here, I'll send you a picture of this. You know what I'm talking about. But I think, I think the thing that makes this that makes Endgame even more high stakes than Infinity War, aside from the fact that you have to undo this cataclysmic event, is that now. He has the Infinity Gauntlet, and I feel like the armor is supposed to represent, like, and now he's not even holding back. 
like before you kind of had that like he he was like the Russo brothers said like he was on his like own holy war he was on his own crusade and he was feeling more merciful like he didn't like I think like now we get like Thanos at his most bloodthirsty um here let me send you the image I'm talking about ending yeah it's coming it's coming stand by Stand by. But yeah, um, I'm just so excited for this trailer. And then obviously you get at the end the very uh, poignant whatever it takes motif going, um, which absolutely gave me chills. Um, We also hear Peggy Carter's voiceover at one point talking about the whole uh, you can't go back, but you have to restart. Um, There's just so much here. Like, because we, we, I think a lot of people are getting caught up in the trailer talk and whatnot. And everything that's been in the trailers, but we also can't forget the fact that there's also those set pictures of, of that is basically them recreating Avengers 1, where you have Thor with Mjolnir and the long hair and the old costume and Cap and his Avengers 1 costume and, Tony presumably disguising himself as a shield agent. You know, like there's a lot here that we are yet to see. And by the look of it, we see uh, Hawkeye with that same disc device on his hand that we see on Cap's hand and Tony's hand in what looks like the time travel stuff. And we know that uh, in Ant-Man and the Wasp, they say with the Quantum Realm thing, they're like, be careful not to get caught in a time vortex. So there's a lot of moving parts here that you can kind of like loosely connect. But I think it's all going it, to – they've done such a good job at showing us just enough to keep us guessing the whole time. Um, and there's also the fact that like after Infinity War – there is no telling what shots in this trailer don't even exist in the movie. Like that whole, all of the Avengers sprinting in Wakanda having not even being in the movie, like Hulk doesn't even show up in Wakanda. Like they could do anything at this point, And it, it excites the hell out of me that we know almost nothing. I mean, it it seems almost like the trailer has given us, but at the same time, there's like you said, there's a lot of loose ends. There's a lot of ways that they could take it that that they haven't showed us yet. And I'm trying to think. Oh, there was something that I just thought of that made me think maybe backwards. Yeah, that's what I think is going to have to happen because, but, like I said, because the the battle in New York stuff. Duh. Um. The hair, though, it, it I mean, it's possible that for most of the movie, they're they're progressing further after Infinity War. And then I don't know, somewhere around the the change of of act two and act three. And, and then try to rehash everything. And that's oh, it was the it was the Peggy Carter line. Yeah, the, the, the best we can do is to start over. Well, you know, the, the, the Marvel Studios has never been one to make a trailer material in it that that it's to to get us to feel 
you know, nostalgic and, and, uh, and sad over, you know, the stuff that we've seen before Yeah. up to what's happening right now. But at the same time, it's very possible that the best we can do to st- is to start over. Yeah. Most of this movie is going to be following the war, but they're going to jump back and try again. And while it's a lot darker, I'm not sure what the, what the, rotation cycle for Thanos's home planet is but it's possible it kind of looked the, the the scene like you said with Nebula um getting ready to fight again um and and Captain America tightening the strap on his shield it's a darker background than what we saw on Titan it's the same battle but in the nighttime and we've got everybody together now trying to get control of the gauntlet um completely I'm overwhelm not, him yeah yeah try to um they didn't have they had it they had a good plan the first time around uh, with the guardians but it just uh it didn't and the 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 guys with the plan the guys that have always been able to get the job done are the avengers and they've been proven time and time again meaning basically all the avengers right we have all of the original avengers <laughs> left the whole core team plus captain and so Marvel this could be and raccoon and nebula <laughs> and this and but this could be and their Ant-Man way Ant-Man. of saying like yeah we've got the best team and then some i go down and it's gonna work this time you know yeah and, and, and that's the thing and that's what I, I love about this movie and you know I had this conversation with my uncle when he was like, oh, he's like, we all know they're going to come back in the next one. It's like, yeah, we know, like, we know what Tom Holland and Chadwick Boseman and Benedict Cumberbatch's uh, contracts look like. I know they're coming back. I know they're going to beat Thanos. I want to know how. Yeah. I, 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 I'm like, yeah, they're going to win. It's like the same thing with episode nine where like, I, you know, during that Steel Wars prediction show, when I finally got to listen to it, like uh, the Courtney Everett, she made a joke where she was like, yeah, here's my prediction. The resistance will win. <laughs> yeah, that goes without saying. That's not the adventure. The adventure is how. Like as corny as it is, it's like it's not the destination. It's the journey, you know, but like that's what's going on. You know, I want. Oh, does Thanos die? You know, does he get away? Do they spare him? Is it you know kind of like what Black Panther did with uh, um, Zemo, where it was that you know there's been enough bloodshed today, and quite frankly, you're not worth the effort of killing you monster. So we're gonna lock you in some kind of like cosmic prison or whatever. Like, there's so many different outcomes here that go beyond. They beat Thanos and they resurrect Spider-Man and Black Panther and what Winter Soldier. There's so much here. And it's just so exciting. Like it's it's an endgame and episode nine are the two movies I'm most excited for this year. And we're getting close, man. And getting so close. And get your whatever it takes t-shirts at dobac discussion slash dobac discussion. Shameless plug. It's a cool shirt. Like I've it is seen, a cool. It is. I've it is a cool shirt. Designs. You know, like I said, by the time this episode goes up, uh, the shirts will probably be out. So, 
Yeah. Hey, for the for the people listening at home, I did a search at T Public, and I was not uh, able to find uh, in the search bar. I I looked do back discussion, um, T Public website. What can what can they do to find the specific T shirts for the do back discussion network? Uh, I believe on at least I know the link in my Instagram bio will take you right to the Raylo Trash shirt. So if you scroll down and then just go to the rest of our storefront, um, let me make, I will definitely make sure that the uh, link to RT public is like in all of our social media. So you can just find it. Um, it's normally really hard to find specific artists on T public. Like you'll like, you can type in keywords and get different designs. Um, because we're like a newer vendor on there, I feel I think it's kind of like filtering us out because, you know, by the numbers, not as many people are going to go look in there for us. But right. uh, I'll make sure that there are links posted very high to all of our T Public stuff, and that they are easily accessible on all of our social media. And I'll uh, actually, I just looked on the on the, the Dubac Discussion Network website. If you go um, under the 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 tabs up in the left corner. If you go to merch, then it'll take you right to the T public website. I just found that. So, okay. I, was gonna say, go. I thought there was something on the website as well, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure. Um, but yeah, definitely uh, do that. And like I said, be sure to get some cool Avengers merch and, you know, post the pictures, tag do back on all the social medias. Cause we want to see you rocking your, Excellent art made by uh, Tim Maddox because he is incredible. And get Raylo shirts too because Raylo is life. So, uh, uh, shut up, you filthy anti. Bring it on. I just I would gushing for for a, a do back discussion episode. We'll table it for now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's gonna do it all for this episode of Hall of Heroes. I almost said do back discussion. Um been talking so much about it. Yeah. I know, but it's awesome stuff. But yeah, uh Avengers Endgame can't come soon enough. And we're gonna have the X-Men and the Fantastic Four in the MCU, and the Flash movie is probably gonna be a steaming pile of shit. And uh Black Widow is going to be awesome. And James Gunn has a job again, which is good. Ah, uh, hurrah. That about wraps it up. Yep. Uh, Spencer, where can the lovely people find you on the social medias? In place as always, you lovely people. Uh, Instagram uh, at Spenceman Cosplays. Don't really have anything new coming down uh, the pipe for, for cosplay stuff. But again, uh, we'll be at Steel City Con in April. And we look forward to seeing you there. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be at Steel City and uh, we'll have, you know, you, me and our buddy Joel who will be with us, have some cool cosplay stuff coming down the pipeline, figure out our lineups very soon. Um, you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at DarkJedi2552 and be sure to follow Dubac Discussion on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook and check out the website www.dobackdiscussion.net and like we said earlier be sure to check out our T public page where you can get all kinds of nice merch with uh, our different logos and some cool original designs uh, but yeah be sure to tune in at the same bat time at the at the same bat channel next week and I'll see you guys later you 
been dressing up the truth I've been dressing up for you Then you leave me in this room This room Pour a glass and bite my tongue You say I'm the only one If it's true then why you running You running Ooh oh If you're really being honest If you really want this Ooh oh Why you acting like a stranger What's with your behavior Me, you. 